Imagine a football platform where the world's best writers give you the real story about what's going on at United. Imagine no pop-up ads, no clickbait headlines and no ridiculous rumours to be let down by anymore. You don't have to imagine anymore. Meet The Athletic. No ads, no nonsense, just football. Visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash United We Stand to start your 30-day free trial and get 50% off your annual subscription. The Athletic, the new home of football. Welcome to the Lakes United We Stand podcast. I've just arrived in Vienna Airport and I'm going to catch a train over to Linz for the game which is being played behind closed doors. Uh, I should be able to watch it because I've got press a press pass but I wasn't, I wasn't confirmed until... 7pm the night before the game and I've just bumped into a group of five United fans in Vienna Airport and they've just been told that they're going to get £350 back from Manchester United uh, to help them uh, compensate for what they've paid to fly to Austria. Um, how did you feel when you just heard that? Um, first thing I thought was make sure the missus doesn't find out. Um, so if she asks I'll be giving it to charity. Um, but no, it's a really good gesture by the club, isn't it? Proper made up with it. Wasn't expecting it, and even if even if I thought they would do anything, 350 quid is a decent amount of money. So yeah, it's fair, fair play. So I know there's a lot been said about the club, but I've take hats off for them this time. So yeah, decent. So you knew that the game was going to be behind closed doors. Why did you travel? Well, because it's about the trip, isn't it? It's not just about the game. I mean, the number of times I've been on a trip and thought, should we even bother going the game? Um, and I guess we get to do that now this time, not know the game. And uh, we'd committed, we paid out for hotels, paid for travel. In most cases, that wasn't going to be refundable. I think we've got some little bits back. but And it's about going away with the lads, and that's what we're going to do. And uh, we'll have to watch it on the telly, so, yeah. So and what are you going to do? You're in Vienna now. Linz is a two-hour train ride away. Well, it's been a toss-up, on it, really, between whether we make the trip to Linz and see what's on offer and see what the opportunities are and eat Linz a cake, someone said, but I'm not really asked about that. Um, and we've kind of, I think Vienna, because it's easy, it's handy, and we're here at the airport, and it's going to cut out two hours of travel and stuff. It's probably a bit cheaper around Vienna to, to stay over and stuff, so uh, might just get, get, the, get the nod for Vienna. But Bratislava Friday night, so something different, and that's nearer to Vienna, so that's, uh, that's the thinking. How did you feel to get the £350 back? Were you expecting it? No, no, definitely wasn't expecting it. I think last night, uh, in the car journey down, we were... Slagging off United a bit for, I think a tweet got released about some signed shirt relating to Chong when the last tweets were going out about uh, it being closed behind behind closed doors. Um, so, kind of get the feeling that United don't really give a give a lot about uh, giving the information out or helping us out. But you know, it's it's a good gesture, isn't it? Um, are you going to go to Linz even though you can't get in the game, or you fancy jibbing it, or? in Vienna? Um, I've heard about a press pass being uh, printed by one of my mates. He's going to try it tonight. Um, it's not my one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's trying BT. Uh, but no, I won't be trying that. You've right decision for United to give you some money? I think it's a fabulous gesture. And if Lewis a quarter thinks... of a million pound have just worked it out. Is it? Yeah. Well, if Lewis thinks he's getting his 350, both, both mine and his goes to his dad. That's definitely the case and we're off to see Mozart this evening right so I'm going to head over to Linz now it's a couple of hours um, by train I'm now at Vienna's Westbahnhof station and it's quite a fast moving situation here with regards to the game in the last hour the lads have met they've stayed in Vienna um, 
there's been some rumours and some credible outlets saying that the Europa League and Champions League would be cancelled as of now, including the games tonight. Uh, UEFA have since said that's not correct, so Mark at a Spanish outlet, uh, they printed that. So there's disinformation, which it doesn't help anybody. I'm going to get a train now over to Linz. I've seen that some Manchester United fans uh, are there. And just before I get on the train, I'm with Tom Midler. Tom's an English lad and he lives in Vienna. He writes about Austrian football and he did a really nice piece uh, in the current United We Stand. And please buy that United We Stand because we don't know whether we're going to be able to sell it again. We've had copies printed. Um, Tom, what have you known a situation like this before? Uh, I've never seen a situation like this myself, to be honest. It's quite unprecedented. Obviously, as you mentioned, everything's moving really, really quickly with coronavirus. And there's been statements, you know, people scrambling the last couple of days, statements from the Austrian government, from the Austrian Bundesliga, from all the different football federations as well. And it's ended up with what we've got now, which is a total ban on all football in Austria, except tonight's match in the Europa League. So it's a really, really bizarre situation that we've ended up with. You do a podcast on Austrian football. What's it called? That's right. It's called The Other Bundesliga Podcast. And uh, yeah, it's a very new situation for us, but obviously drawing Manchester United when you when you cover Austrian football in English was the big draw and this has taken a bit of a shine off it unfortunately Are you going to Linz? Uh, I will be going to Linz we'll be in the stadium tonight the other Bundesliga podcast will be there as accredited journalists luckily but, um, but yeah it's been a very weird one sort of not knowing who's going to get in and who's not and they've reduced the numbers of media who can get into the stadium as well at late notice so the club are, are really trying their best to, to help everybody out but it's a really tough situation for, for a small club like Lask as well Did you agree with the decision by the Austrian government? to play the game behind closed doors? Well, they just banned all outdoor events to 500 people. They maximised that capacity to 500. So in, in many senses, it didn't really have anything to do with this game. So unfortunately, I feel like the game's just been caught up in it. And of course, we, we are close to Italy here and Italy seems to be quite an epicentre for coronavirus. So, you know, there are bigger things at, at stake here and, and I can't really disagree with the decision. As we stand, the second leg's going to be at Old Trafford, played in front of a crowd. Does that give Manchester United a significant advantage? I think massively so. And on the flip side of that, Lask are so strong at home and, and it really takes away a big part of their advantage uh, playing at the Linzerstadion with no fans in it. But, but who knows what's going to actually happen at Old Trafford? You know, will there still be fans allowed in British football by then? Of course, it's such a fluid situation that... Who knows, I mean, I don't want to be sensational about it, but will the second leg even be able to go ahead by then? You know, these are all questions that are in the back of our minds and they must be in the back of the players' and the managers' minds too. So I wonder how much effect that will have out there on the pitch tonight. What do people think of Manchester United in Austria? Oh, they're very popular here. It's, it's obviously one of the biggest clubs in the world. People are very knowledgeable about the English game here. They, they tend to revere one of the big English clubs and, and Manchester United have, have definitely got a lot of fans here. So there would have been quite a sizable turnout, I would have imagined, at the Linzerstadion of, of Lask fans who got a soft spot for Man United and would have been very keen to take that opportunity to see their sort of favourite English club. So everybody's sort of lost out on, on a good opportunity for themselves, really. It seems trite talking about football, but at the moment there is going to be a game. Tell us about Lask. They're clearly doing a lot right. They were never one of the big um, Austrian clubs, but they've been top of the league and they've been doing very well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're really the surprise package in Austrian football at the moment and to some extent in European football, although Austria is not the biggest league, you know, it doesn't get the most coverage. But to be beating Red Bull Salzburg and to be top of the table at this stage of the season is quite an incredible achievement. They're really, uh, they're a, a, a very disciplined side. They play this 3-4-3. Um, they, they pass the ball quickly out from defence they move it around quickly and at the moment they've got two strikers in form in Joao Klaus and Marco Raguz but uh, they're missing some key players in midfield and uh, two of their, their stalwarts at the back are out suspended for tonight so 
Wiesinger and Filipovic both missing, that's a, a big blow for Lask. So this isn't a local benefactor ploughing money into them. This is a genuinely impressive story. Yeah, absolutely. They've hardly really spent any money in, in what we would call in English terms, you know, investing money in the club. There hasn't really been that. They're a club who've had a lot of financial troubles over recent seasons, and it's just been sensible, uh, sensible restructuring of the back room and uh, moving out, out of the city of Linz, which has hurt the club really badly, moving out of, the cl- of that city has sort of allowed them to get their finances in order. But, you know, with a record... Why did you move out? It's a very complicated story, but they had to find a stadium somewhere. They're hoping to move back to Linz, to the Linz Stadion that you'll see tonight in the next few years. There's uh, more controversy over that because it's owned by the city of Linz as well. And it's a public uh, sports facility, so there's uh, a lot of wranglings going on there. So it's sort of complicated, turbulent times for Lask at the moment. But uh, both off the field and on the, on the field, they've seemed to, to crave this stability. And, and it's gone so well since they found it. A lot of the core players in the squad have played there since the second division. And, and it shows, you know, they've got this real togetherness. What's the fan base like? What are their average crowds like? Well, they play in a 6,000 capacity stadium normally. So that's basically sold out every Bundesliga match week. So although it's not one of the biggest crowds in the Bundesliga in terms of percentage attendance, they've got the highest. Um, you'd imagine that they could fill uh, a sort of a nine or 10,000 seater stadium if they had one. And that's why on the European nights, you've got 13,500 at the Linzer Stadion. It's virtually been sold out for every single game they've played in the Europa League and the qualifiers this season. Who are the biggest teams finally in Austrian football? Well, you've got Rapid Vienna. They're probably the best supported and most well-known club uh, in the capital. You've also got Austria Vienna. Red Bull Salzburg have come to a lot more prominence in recent seasons. Most European fans will be familiar with them now, especially since Erling Haaland and co. Uh, had a game, a couple of games against Liverpool recently in the Champions League. And uh, yeah, Sturm Graz perhaps as well, one of the big boys. But there's some big clubs down in the second and third divisions as well. You said Austria Vienna there. I wonder how many Manchester United fans know this. In 1991, United played a friendly in Vienna against Austria Vienna and they got beat 5-1. Don't know why. You've just jogged my something deep, deep back in the uh, deepest part of my brain. Channel some of that for tonight. Thanks for your time. I've got five minutes before I get on the train to Linz. There's five minutes to kick off here, and it's pretty surreal. Everything is here that you'd expect for a big European game. Tano is playing the music. The teams have just been read out with the normal level of enthusiasm. The substitutes are making their way to the bench. And the claps you can hear are from some of the fans. I think the limit is 500 people in the stadium. And they seem to be, I'd say there's probably 100 journalists. And obviously the players. And there's TV people. There's medics. And maybe 100 fans. I don't know how they selected. Um, Maybe Lee, who's with me here from the other Bundesliga podcast. Welcome to United We Stand. You an idea how they've chosen who the 500 are? No, I'd imagine it's people closer to the club. um, But otherwise, it's um, it's probably a rather arbitrary procedure. I mean, it's just just on Tuesday that they announced the uh, limitation of the number of people that can attend public events. Um, I'm not really sure how it's come into force yet. I think the club have been placed under immense strain over the past couple of days trying to sort out who can come and who can't. So I'm not really sure who the guys are in front of us, but they're, they're very lucky and privileged to be seeing this one anyway. You, you live in Vienna. You're obviously British. What was the reaction here from fans in Linsk? At one point, they're looking forward to probably the biggest game in the history, and then they're told it's not going to happen. Did you understand the decision, or, or were there complaints? Um, 
Well, basically, we were speaking to some last fans after their league game on Sunday, and at that point, they thought they would be able to come. And for them, it was the biggest game of their lives. Uh, one of the fans said to me, you know, this is a game we'll remember forever, even if we go out. So the reaction was, was just, they were overwhelmed at the prospect of Manchester United, the biggest team in the world, coming here. Obviously, that's soured a lot over the past few days since the news broke that they wouldn't be able to attend. And I think the thing that's cheesed most people off is the fact that it's just been announced at such short notice. You know, travel plans had already been made. There are you know, something like 900 United fans, and there were supposed to be 13,000 last fans as well. And they're all missing out on, on this wonderful opportunity to see United against last. What's this place like for a European game? It's usually packed to the rafters. There's a raucous atmosphere here. They really get behind the team. And that's pretty much uh, reflected in, in the, the home form that they've had in Europe this season. They've uh, won all of their home games and uh, done so comfortably. Score prediction? United 2-0, I think. There's fireworks going off. They must be outside the ground. So it sounds pretty loud, eh, for a behind-closed-doors game. It's going to be a goal, it's going to be a goal, it's going to be a goal, it's a goal. Get in there. There's uh, nine minutes left. So, I was about to start commenting about there's fans around singing. And then, uh, another goal. 3 0 to United. Don't even know whether there's going to be a second leg. Don't even know whether this competition's going to carry on. But Mata took that goal well. 3 0 away from home, another clean sheet. That's going to be the ninth clean sheet in 11 games that United have been unbeaten. So, all good, except it's not, it's, it's horrible there. Soulless. Try to work on analogies. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a river without water. This football stadium without people. There are some fans behind the goal. Outside the stadium, some United fans. One or two have even got into the ground. But nah, it's not fair on on Lask. They've been brilliant in Europe this year. This ground has been bouncing. They've exceeded all expectations and I feel a bit sorry for them and also they've they're missing three of the best players and they've got three other players out of position so Chong's going forward now could make it four for United but he's just been fouled assaulted played on it a bit so looks like United are going to be Almost certainly through to the last eight. But will there be a last eight? Will there be a last four? Will there be a final in Gdansk in May? So much has happened today that it's impossible to predict. Well done, Chong. But what's going to happen next week, the week after? I don't know whether there's going to be a game at Tottenham on Sunday. At the moment, it looks like it. it looks like there's going to be a crowd there. We've got the second leg against Lask. Mason Greenwood's coming on now. 
I'm going to pick a player from tonight. It'd be uh, Igolo, who's coming off now. His goal was fantastic. Fantastic. Really good close control after Bruno Fernandes, of course, set him up. He smashed his shot into the roof of the goal. I've never had to watch how loud I speak on a United We Stand podcast before because it's so quiet around me. But it is. If I spoke at a normal volume here now, people would start looking round at me. It's bizarre. I can hear Ben Thornley doing commentary for MUTV and he's about five rows behind me. I intend to ask uh, the manager after the game about Igolo because there's no mix on because of the, the, the virus and coming into contact with the players. Anyway, 3 0 at the moment. Well, the boys were fantastic. I think they uh, deserve a lot of credit and praise for the way they went about the job. And uh, there was loads of quality in, uh, in our finishing, some fantastic goals and some uh, uh, people we should be proud of. Well, I know it's possibly still a bit premature, but given how well Odin has done so far, um, have there been any talks about um, He's, uh, Odion has done really well when he's come in and he's uh, enjoying himself and we're just going to, and he will be, improve and get better, And uh, but he has qualities that we uh, we saw in him that we needed and uh, we'll still need those qualities for next season, so let's see what we do. Ali, what are those qualities? What's he bringing to the squad? That first goal is incredible. Yeah, uh, he's a goal scorer and he's a striker. He's... Um, uh, he doesn't worry too much about uh, all that nonsense uh, build-up play. Not as a joke, obviously, but uh, he's, he, he's, he knows his job and what his role in the team is, and he's very good back to goal, can play up to him. Great link player. Um, but maybe the best thing about him is his personality. So uh, he's got the whole lot, really. He had, did he have three touches before he, uh, his fourth was to finish? So, obviously, that's all them touches were high quality, and he, but he had to make them to create the space for himself. And, but the last, the strike is uh, on, the, on the half volley, uh, great timing. Um, it's just a, no one would have saved that one, so anyone would be proud of that finish. You do. You went behind the, the, the ground. Yeah, yeah. We were we were at the ground, and uh, there was a few of their ultras there. And um, the uh, they were just saying to us that they wanted to have a fight with some United lads. But when they saw all us there, they said, "Oh no, we're too old." And they're coming to Manchester. And they're all coming to Manchester. And four thousand. Right. Four thousand. Uh, I made a wee statement. I says, "Listen, he's want to come next Thursday. I'll introduce you to about <laughs> half a dozen young lads that will show you." <laughs> Who's oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? The one. Actually, being right. run by Austrians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they were all right with you? Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah they, they were out good. drinking everything. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. they were good. Yeah. Right, so you've got, you've got three minutes to get yeah, your train. You better get lively. All right? See you quickly, again, quickly. See you again. All right? See where we are. See, the lads have got a Salzburg.
I'm going to go and have a... Take care, mate. See you later, Evan. See you later. Are you staying in here? In... I have a train, but it's not until 11, so... Right. So, what's your name and where are you from? Uh, my name is Tom, and I'm from Norway. Whereabouts in Norway? Uh, as far up as you can get. It's called Alta. So you're in the Arctic Circle? Yeah, about it. Right yeah. above the Arctic Circle? Yeah. North of Tromso? Yeah, about the five and a half hour drive north. Wow. And you've come to Austria? Yeah. So you come via, via Oslo, and then you didn't get to see it again? <laughs> no. <laughs> From the, Arctic, from the northern part of the Arctic Circle and you've not seen the game. Where did you watch the game? Well, we were just outside the stadium. Did you see anything? Did you see inside the stadium? Uh, well, in the morning I went inside and I could actually go inside the stadium, so I should have hide inside the stadium. Hid down in the seats? Yeah, but I didn't. What's the weather like where you live at the moment? 10, 15 degrees below zero, and we got about... One and a half metre of snow. Why do you support United? Where's the link? When did you start supporting United? When, um, when I was just five or six years old. I don't remember why I did support United, but my grandmother told me when I, when she was seven year, when I was seven years old, she come uh, home with me because I was crazy about football and she bought me a kit and I got furious with her because she bought me a Leeds kit. And you were a United fan at that point? Yeah. How are you getting from Linz to the Northern Arctic Circle? Well, I have, um, uh, I have a train back to Vienna. Tonight? Tonight, yeah. And um, I have a flight at 6 in the morning. So, what time did you get into Vienna, like, after midnight? I'll be in Vienna at the airport about four. So, you're not, are you gonna, you're gonna, not in a hotel? No, it's only two hours in Vienna before... So, you're going zero. right through? Yeah. And then you're going to fly from Vienna to Oslo? No, Munich and Munich, Munich to Munich, Oslo. Munich to Oslo, and, and then? Oslo to Alta. Direct? Uh, direct. Actually direct. There's one direct flight every day. And if you don't fly direct to Alta, you have to go via Tromso? Tromso, yeah. Are there any other United fans in Alta? I bet there is. Yeah, there are quite a few. Yeah. Well, there is actually... Um, actually, uh, we're going to have uh, Yip Yap Stam over to Alta in one month's time. So there'll be about two or 300 people coming to meet Yip Yap Stam. So there are a few of us. But it's only a small town. We have about 21,000 people living there. And many Liverpool fans? Oh, Pretty similar, Park. United No, Liverpool. they're Liverpool and more. Are they? Yeah, far more. Far it's more? Yeah, it's just terrible. My brother, he's a Liverpool supporter, and pretty much most people... Because it's normally pretty equal around yeah. Norway. I know that Liverpool have got slightly more paid-up fans now. Yeah. But you're saying there's far more. Yeah, in, in my hometown, it's, it's more Liverpool supporters, and, and they're just terrible. So... Hopefully the coronavirus will do something about this season so they get fucked off. Thank you for your time. Um, I don't know whether I'll see you at any more European games. I don't know whether there will be any more European games. Yeah. I was going to say I should escape to northern Norway, but there's coronavirus there as well, isn't there? Well, actually, no. None? Not, not yet, but... Have you got to go into quarantine get. then? Yeah, I have to go 14 days in quarantine when I get home. Just, but, just because you've been to... Austria. The, the government decided it today. 
so can't you work now for 14 days? No, I have to stay at home for 14 days. So you've travelled to Austria to see a game that you've not seen and you've now got to go back and quarantine yourself. Yeah. I don't really know what to say, <laughs> but it's been nice to it's see you Perfect. Again. <laughs> Look after yourself. You too. What did you make of the game today? We're talking about logistics a lot in this podcast, but you were a, a footballer to a decent standard. Professional? Yeah. Semi-professional. What, what level? You played in Ireland? Yeah, League of Ireland for a bray for three or four years. So that's there, the top so. division? Top di- well, yeah. At the time we were League, league Division 1, which would have been the second division, but I suppose our claim to fame was we won the FAI Cup in 1990, same year as United, won it against Crystal Palace, so it was a good year as well. You were playing? I was playing in that final, so you yeah. So you are an Irish yeah, cup winner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where was the it. final? In Lansdowne Road at the time, which it was, was yeah. Uh, 32,000, actually. How many from Bray? Yeah. Well, that's, uh, they reckon, probably 15,000, 16,000 from yeah. Bray. Yeah. So, so and it was a bit of a novelty final because we played a team called St. Francis who were non-league and they hadn't been beaten all season. And um, it was the year of the 1990 World Cup. There was a lot of a feel-good factor in... In, in Dublin and Jack Charlton actually attended a match obviously um, and Stanley Matches presented the medals which was a nice nice touch on the day so yeah it was one to remember my son was born two weeks before that actually Peter he was over with me in Bruges by the way but not here tonight anyway so United played at Lansdowne Road a year later in 91 I think it was Dion yeah. Uh, first game first game yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know your football what did you make of that 5-0 win for United tonight? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know much about Lask, probably no more than anybody else, other than they were beating well, I'm the Bruges. I'm asking you about this, but you've not actually watched the game, have you? Well, I, I watched TV. it, I, not on TV, other than we watched it outside through the, let's call it like a, a heavy netting, like it would be at an away game, but not, not, quite, not quite as visible. But we saw, we, saw the, we saw that the goals were scored and stuff like that, but we, I looked back each time on, on one of the lads had a phone, so saw the goals. It, it looked pretty comfortable. I mean, and we seemed to start the game well from what I could see, and um, obviously they didn't, uh, didn't pose much of a threat again from what we saw of it and um, yeah I think it was comfortable enough as I said the fact that they had been beaten by Bruce that was all I knew about them and I thought well if that's you know a guide maybe you know we should be too strong for them but you never know do you well Igalo scored an incredible goal saw the goal yeah, really much goal. Goal, just yeah. asked Ollie Gunner about Igalo and he was extremely complimentary and he's obviously pleased with the result we just felt very that weird to me being in a stadium with no fans. Yeah, I'm sure. Didn't, didn't I'm feel sure, right. Didn't no. feel like a five nil away from. I'm home sure it was. It, it, in some respect, it was probably like the way a training matches the one uh, you know behind closed doors, yeah. and I'm sure the players found it you know difficult in that respect. But yeah, they were obviously very professional to get the result done, and yeah. I think, and especially not knowing what's coming down the tracks in terms of this whole you know uncertainty around matches and and you know and games behind closed doors and cancellations I thought you know it was it to be fair they just got on with the job and the farm's good at the moment which is which is really really encouraging 11 unbeaten do you go back now fly to Dublin fly to Dublin at 20 to 7 in the morning so heading out here from Linz to Vienna uh, I'm going to go straight to the airport actually into Hopton half first and then to the airport and spend 3 or 4 hours I've eyed up a few uh, comfortable chairs out there on the way through this morning so uh, <laughs> and, and then you're going to 
Going to Tottenham. Well, let's hope it's on. Um, so yeah, you need return in and out of Gatwick on Sunday. Um, Incredible. So we had. Um, it's, it's, um, I'm not sure if you know Nigel. I think you do. I do Nigel Shields. Yeah. 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 Nigel's a good pal. From yeah. Close to Derry. Yeah. And uh, he's like you. Just, yeah. No, he's just relentless. Yeah. And well, so are you. Yeah, and you go everywhere. Yeah, but, ah, look, it's it's just as I said. I've said to many people. The opportunities there for me, you know, the man wasn't always there in the past when I was playing football or raising a family. Now, now it is this, this last sort of 10 years, 15 years. And then my son, you know, he's grown up and I like for him to come with me when he can. But it's it's a good, it's it's a good feeling. But look, you know, at the moment, it, it, it's you know, the last few years have been tough. Let's be honest about it. But I mean, I've had those. I've had those as a fan going back to the 70s, 80s. So I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I do, I do know what it's like to be to be looking up at Liverpool at the moment, which we are, I suppose, at the moment. But look, at, you know, it'll it'll turn around again. It always does, doesn't it? And then um, you just have to keep the faith in the meantime. That's it.